everybody. Welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is April 14th. Today we're going to continue in Doctrine and Covenants section 38. But before we jump forward, I want to talk a little bit more about what we talked about yesterday, the scripture that says, for your salvation, I give unto you a commandment. Yesterday, we talked about that being true in a general sense, that it's because of our salvation that our Father in heaven gives us commandments, because he's trying to change us and to help us become more like him. However, I think it's important to mention that this scripture was being given about a specific commandment. Here, as part of this revelation about the move to Ohio, the Lord is kind of prefacing that move with talking a little bit about the higher law that would be given to them there, the law of consecration and the law of the United Order, which are two separate and different things. We talk about them as being one thing often, but they they are distinct in a lot of ways. But we'll talk about those two laws more specifically next week when we get into Doctrine and Covenants 42 where those laws are specifically spelled out. However, I do think it was important to talk about how that is the law that's specifically being spoken of here and the commandment that's specifically being spoken about here. Because the Lord is really trying to show the people that this move to Ohio is about uniting his people, about helping them come together and to be one. And we really see that that's true here in a few more verses. Here, the Lord is going to talk very specifically about the importance of the way we treat each other, the way we are with each other, and how we should be united as a group. So I'm going to start in verse 24. It says, And let every man esteem his brother as himself, and practice virtue and holiness before me. And again, I say unto you, Let every man esteem his brother as himself. For what man among you, having twelve sons, and is no respecter of them, and they serve him obediently. And he saith unto one, Be thou clothed in robes, and sit thou there. And to the other, Be thou clothed in rags, and sit thou there. And looketh upon his sons, and saith, I am just. But behold, this I have given unto you as a parable, and it is even as I am. I say unto you, Be one. And if ye are not one, ye are not mine. So here, the Lord is really spelling out the importance of the way we treat other people and the way we come together in unity. This was going to be especially important for the saints as they gathered together in early times. However, it is so important that we realize that this was not a law given only to the pioneers or a law that was only applicable then, but it's a law that is given to us now. In fact, the Lord, through all his commandments, through all his teaching, through the restoration of the gospel, is striving to build up a Zion society. He wants us to become one, one in everything. I know I've shared this quote before, but I absolutely love it. It comes from Sister Aburto, and she says, As we work in unity, our purpose should be to look for and do the Lord's will. Our incentive should be the love we feel for God and for our neighbor. And our greatest desire should be to labor diligently so we can prepare a way for the glorious return of our Savior. The only way we will ever be able to do so is with one accord. And that is what the Savior is trying to teach here. That is what the Lord is trying to establish amongst the saints, then and now. And the law of consecration and the law of the United Order is only part of 
of that. It is an important part, but it is still only part. So much more is how we treat one another and how we see one another. Because when we treat and see each other the way the Lord does, I feel like the United Order kind of takes care of itself naturally. I think one of the greatest examples that we can see of this kind of unity comes from the Book of Mormon, 4th Nephi. Here we have people generations after the Savior came to the Americas, and they are still living in this Zionistic society. Now, something that I love about this account of this group of people is that it says in verse 16 of 4th Nephi, Surely there could not be a happier people among all the people who had been created by the hand of God. Now, my friends, when we are living in a way that allows us to love others, to love them as God loves them and to see them as he sees them, it allows for that kind of joy and that kind of happiness. In fact, verse 13 says it came to pass that there was no contention in the land because of the love of God, which did dwell in the hearts of the people. Now, I'm not trying to oversimplify what led to this Zion-like society. There are at least 20 different things that we're told of in this chapter that talks about why they were so happy, why they had the Zionistic society, and what led to this great unity that the Lord commands us to have here in section 38, when he says, be one, and if ye are not one, ye are not mine. We can learn a lot about what it means to be one when we read 4th Nephi. Now, I'm not going to go through all the different things that led to it, but there is one that I absolutely love. I've talked about it before, so I'm sorry if you're bored of this principle, but it's one that I think is really significant. In verse 17, it says, Neither were there Lamanites, neither any manner of ites, but they were one, the children of Christ and heirs to the kingdom of God. What does that mean to have ites among us? Here in the Book of Mormon, they were used to classifying people by ites. There were the Lamanites, the Nephites, the Mulekites. That's how they distinguished people. But what I love is that in this society, they no longer found a need to distinguish people. Rather, they were all one, children of Christ and heirs to the kingdom of God. Now, in our society, we may not be so blunt about our ites, but are there ites among us? Do we create ites in our wards, in our stakes, in our neighborhoods? I know that sometimes I can be guilty of that. But if we are to be one, as the Lord commands, there can be no ites among us. We have to learn to be one. If we don't figure this out, if we don't cut the ites out from among us and be one, then we can't be one with Christ. And we can only learn that kind of unity as the love of God sinks deep into our hearts for our fellow man. But there's more to it than that, actually, as we saw in the first couple verses that I read. It says, Let every man esteem his brother as himself and practice virtue and holiness before me. And again, I say unto you, let every man esteem his brother as himself. Now, there is a quote that was given in the priesthood session of this last conference that I want to read really quickly because I think that it has a lot to do with what we're speaking about here. And it can kind of teach us how to create this love, this unity. Elder Nielsen, not Nelson, Nielsen, gave a talk called This Is Our Time. And he said, someone once asked Jesus, which is the great commandment in the law? 
He answered, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I don't know about you, but when I read these two commandments, I detect a third implied commandment, to love thyself. Our Heavenly Father wants us to love ourselves, not to become prideful or self-centered, but to see ourselves as He sees us. We are His cherished children. When this truth sinks deep into our hearts, our love for God grows. When we view ourselves with sincere respect, our hearts are open to treat others that way too. The more we recognize our divine worth, the better we understand this divine truth that God has sent us right here, right now, at this momentous time in history, so that we can do the greatest possible good with the talents and gifts we have. This is our time. My friends, I have found this to be true in my life. The more I allow my Father in Heaven to teach me of the love that He has for me, the more I'm able to love myself. And the better able I am to love myself, the less apt I am to judge other people or to place other people into categories and eat them. If we are to be one, if we are to be unified the way our Father in Heaven would have us be unified, we have to keep those first two commandments, to love God and to love our fellow man. But we also have to learn to let God teach us about the great love that He has for us so that we can feel that love for ourselves and to learn to become one in Him. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.